poets and intellectuals of this time, the innovative minds, the intelligentsia, those that are breaking down the barriers and choosing a bohemian existence, escaping from dreary suburban ideals and materialistic death traps. Where are these engaging people? The risk takers, the revolutionaries, those living apart from this big unrest, those escaping the sterility of corporate junkies who get high on materialistic consumption. Welcome to the Bohemian Beat. We will journey beyond the horizon and find the artists living on the edge, going down into the murky waters of their very existence, where these brave souls have re-emerged with art that is challenging, original and brutal. You have tuned into the Bohemian Beat. I'm ready with you for another hour of epic, poetic entertainment. But first, let's ease in with some music. You say your love for me is waned from the storm Your passions have fallen from the flames of old If ever you loved me, if ever at all In our souls are Stop to terminal for the other day They said I look like a terrorist at play I told them to believe it I'm here to cause seizures Stirring up the demons in the darkest and the deepest Well I'm a lion in the haze and the lamb in the lightning All the spears and chains of flames around my neck are tightening So line up your armies, burn down my home please Take the breath that's in my lungs in the song I'm singing You say Passions have fallen from the flames of old. If ever you loved me, if ever at all, I saw.
Change for the Boatman. Starting today with a poem by William Wordsworth, a major English Romantic poet who, along with his friend and fellow poet Samuel Taylor Coleridge, helped to launch the Romantic Age in English literature with a joint publication of lyrical ballads in 1798. The following poem is one of his best known works, The Solitary Reaper. Composed in 1805, he describes in first person, present tense, how he is amazed and moved by a Scottish Highlands girl who sings as she reaps grain in a solitary field. Behold her, single in the field, yon solitary Highland lass, reaping and singing by herself, stop here or gently pass. Alone she cuts and binds the grain, and sings a melancholy strain. Oh, listen, for the veil profound is overflowing with the sound. No nightingale did ever chaunt more welcome notes to weary bands of travellers in some shady haunt among Arabian sands. A voice so thrilling ne'er was heard in springtime from the cuckoo bird, breaking the silence of the seas among the farthest Hebrides. Will no one tell me what she sings? Perhaps the plaintive numbers flow for old, unhappy, far-off things and battles long ago. Or is it some more humble lay, familiar matter of today, some natural sorrow, loss or pain that has been and may be again? Whate'er the theme, the maiden sang as if her song could have no ending. I saw her singing at her work and o'er the sickle bending. I listened, motionless and still, and as I mounted up the hill, the music in my heart I bore, long after it was heard no more. down like a bird in flight most good people have gone to rest but us poor fools who wake at night when we're lonely we sing our best listen and hark Dark, a mocking bird in the tall oak tree busts his throat on a high, sweet note. Nobody knows he's there but me. He sings his best when no. Nobody's listening, nobody's listening but me. 
comes down like a heron's wing. Honeysuckle is in the air. That's when I like to sit and sing. Nobody listens, but I. By a firefly lamp, an old frog fiddles his double bass. Over the hill, a whippoorwill sings her note from a secret place. She sings her best. When nobody's listening, nobody's listening but me. Gilkinson with Solitary Singer and before that Derek Godfrey reading The Solitary Reaper by English Romantic poet William Wordsworth. 
When American poet Robinson Jeffers was asked about his wife, Una's, influence, he responded with lines from Wordsworth's poem, The Sparrow's Nest. She gave me eyes, she gave me ears, and humble cares and delicate fears, a heart, the fountain of sweet tears, and love and thought and joy. Robinson Jeffers was an American poet who lived between 1887 and 1962. He lived along the central California coast, and much of his poetry attempts to capture the beauty of the wild Pacific shore. A main theme of his work involves the tragic suffering of people, which he saw from the evolutionary context of human history. From that vantage point, all existence, including that of the entire human species, was ephemeral. As he surveyed the course of history, writing of Greece, Rome, the birth of Christendom, the Middle Ages, modern Europe and America, he saw each cultural moment and civilization as a whole, as wave-like, destined to rise and fall and ultimately dissolve away. In the mid-1920s, Jeffers published Roan Stallion, an attempt to capture in narrative verse the overwhelming mystery of mystic experience. In the poem, the narrator announces, Humanity is a mould to break out of. However, California, the heroine of this poem, discovers that she cannot achieve the intimate identification with the deity of nature she yearns for. This next piece is a small excerpt from Roan Stallion. Humanity is the start of the race. I say humanity is the mould to break away from, the crust to break through, the coal to break into fire, the atom to be split. Tragedy that breaks man's face and a white fire flies out of it, Vision that fools him out of his limits. Desire that fools him out of his limits. Unnatural crime, inhuman science, slit eyes in the mask. Wild loves that leap over the walls of nature. The wild fence vaulter, science. Useless intelligence of far stars. Dim knowledge of the spinning demons that make an atom. These break, these pierce. These deify, praising their God shrilly with fierce voices. Not in a man's shape he approves the praise. He that walks lightning naked on the Pacific, that laces the sun with planets, the heart of the atom with electrons. What is humanity in this cosmos? For him, the last least taint of a trace in the dregs of the solution. For itself, the mold to break away from, the coal to break into fire, the atom to be split.
produced at Bay FM in Byron Bay and heard nationally across the community radio network. That was Lincoln Park with Burn It Down. And before that, Marianne Seldes reading from Robinson Jeffers' narrative poem, Roan Stallion. Another poet who focuses heavily on mythology is Edith Sitwell, an English poet, critic and biographer who lived between 1887 and 1964. In the landscape sketched in her poems, Sitwell stresses that civilization is rotting away and through revision of mythical figures, the poet aims to produce poetry that provides man with the wisdom he needs to overcome the crisis of his life. In the following poem, Eurydice, Sitwell revives the whole myth of Orpheus and Eurydice. In the original Greek myth, Eurydice is a victim of Orpheus's mistake. In this version, Eurydice is not a silent figure. She has been given a voice. She tells her own experience of death and the underworld, an experience that provides her with wisdom and a better understanding of the cycle of life. Eurydice, fires on the hearth, fires in the heavens, fires in the hearts of men. I, who was welded into bright gold in the earth by death, salute you. All the weight of death in all the world yet does not equal love, the great compassion for the fallen dust and all fallen creatures, quickening as is the sun in the void firmament. It shines like fire. Oh, bright gold of the heat of the sun of love across dark fields, burning away rough husks of death till all is fire and bringing all to harvest. See then, I stand in the center of my earth that was my death, under the zenith of my sun, bringing a word from darkness that death too has compassion for all fallen nature. For as the sun buries his hot days and rays to ripen in earth, so the great rays of the heart are ripened to wisdom by death. And great is our forgiveness. When through the darkness Orpheus came with his sun-like singing, like the movements in the heavens that in our blindness could we but emulate would set right our lives. I came to the mouth of the tomb. I did not know our meeting would be this, only like the return at evening of the weary worker in the holy fields, the cry of welcome, the remembered kiss. In the lateness of the season, I, with the golden feet that had walked in the fields of death, now walk again the dark fields where the sowers scatter grain, like tears or the constellations that weep for the lateness of the season, where the women walk like mourners, like the afternoon ripened with their bent heads, their golden eyelids like the drifts of the narcissus in spring are wet with their tears. They mourn for a young wife who had walked these fields, so young, not yet had Proserpina tied up her golden hair in a knot like the branched cord. 
So good was she, with a voice like the sweet swallow. She lies in the silent tomb, and they walk in the fields alone. Then one of the dead who lay beneath the earth, like the water dark, the water thin, effigy of Osiris, with a face green as a moon, he who was lying in darkness with the wheat like a flame springing from his heart, or a gold sound, said to me, we have been blind and stripped God naked of things to see the light which shines in the dark. And we have learned that the gold flame of the wheat may spring from a barren heart. I saw you in my mind when I was younger And I grew older and I saw you still You'd stay close to me sometimes behind my shoulder When I was weary, trouble would come In my last defense you tried to warn me I did not know you, you were a demon to me Your presence, it was a fear that lived inside me It grew around me, then you would appear Deep below the earth, I might have found you High above the tower, I could not see I might have found you High above the tower I could not see I was dead and I was dying at your doorway I did not see not appear Between the years I might have come to know you But I don't own That much is clear
Matthew and the Atlas with Out of the Darkness. And before that, Irene Worth, reading stanzas 1 to 6 of Eurydice, a poem by Edith Sitwell. In the poem, Eurydice compares between the sun with its creative energy and death. For her, death is like the sun. Death helps her gain wisdom and cope with her painful departure from her lover, Orpheus. Love is what helps Eurydice to survive her experience of death and the underworld, and through her love to Orpheus, she is led away from death by her lover. So the power of love allows a rebirth out of death. Let's continue with the final stanzas of the poem Eurydice by Edith Sit well. When I came down from the metropolis of the corn, then said the ferine dust that reared about me, I have the famine of the lion. All things devour, or make them mine. Venus was powerful as me, now is she but a handful of dry amber dust. And my tooth cracked the husk, the dry amber wall that held the fire of the wheat. That fire is gone. And remember this, that love or I have ground your heart between the stones of the years, like wheat. But as I left the mouth of the tomb, far off, like the noise of the dark wild bees, I heard the sounds arise from the dwellings of men, and I thought of their building, their wars, their honey-making, and of the gold roofs built against darkness. And I learned beneath the earth that all gold nature changes to wheat or gold in the sweet darkness. Why do they weep for those in the silent tomb, dropping their tears like grain? Her heart, that honeycomb, thick darkness like a bear devours. See, all the gold is gone, the cell of the honeycomb is six-sided, but there in the five cells of the senses is stored all their gold. Where is it now? Only the wind of the tomb can know. But I feared not that stilled and chilling breath among the dust. Love is not changed by death, and nothing is lost. And all in the end is harvest. As the earth is heavy with the lion's strong sun when he is fallen with his hot days and rays. We are heavy with death, as a woman is heavy with child, as the corn husk holds its ripeness, the gold comb its weight of summer. But as if a lump of gold had changed to corn, so did my life rise from my death. Cast the grandeur of death away, and homeward came to the small things of love. The building of the hearth, the kneading of daily bread, the cries of birth, and all the weight of light shaping our bodies and our souls. Came home to youth, and the noise of summer growing in the veins, and to old age, a serene afternoon, an element beyond time for a new client. I with the other young who were born from darkness, returning to darkness,
stood at the mouth of the tomb with one who had come glittering like the wind to meet me. Orpheus with a golden laugh. You, like Adonis born from the young myrrh tree, you, the vine branch broken by the wind of love. I turned to greet you, and when I touched your mouth, it was the sun. Go ahead, push your luck Find out how much love the world can hold Once upon a time I had control And reined my soul in tight Well, the whole truth It's like the story of a wave unfurled but I held the evil of the world So I stopped the tide Froze it up from inside And it fell like A winter machine that you go through And then You catch a breath and winter starts again And everyone else is spring-bound and when I chose to live There was no joy, it's just a line I crossed I wasn't worth the pain my death would cost So I was not lost or found And if I was to sleep I knew my family had more truth to tell so I traveled down a whispering well To know myself through them but Growing up, my mom had a room full of books And hid away in there My father raging down a spiral stair Till he found someone most days Go ahead, 
push your luck Say what it is you gotta say to me We will push on into that mystery And it'll push right back And there are worse things than that Cause forever that Irene Worth reading a poem by Edith Sitwell called Eurydice. You are listening to the Bohemian Beat and we are exploring the ancient Greek legend of Orpheus and Eurydice. In Greek mythology Orpheus is the most famous poet and musician who ever lived. His singing and music not only enchanted wild beasts but made the trees and the rocks move from their places to follow the sound of his music. After many of his adventures with Jason and the Argonauts to Thrice, he finally returns home and marries his beloved Eurydice. Fate, however, was not kind to them. Right after they were married, Eurydice stepped on a serpent, was bitten and died. Distraught at the death of his beloved Eurydice, Orpheus played such sad songs and sang so mournfully that all the nymphs and gods wept. They advised him to travel to the underworld and seek his beloved's release from the god Hades, lord of the underworld. Taking the path of the spirits of the dead, he started down to the lower world and with his music charmed his way past all the guardians until he reached the abode of the god Hades, lord of the underworld. He begged Hades to release Eurydice from the lower realms and swore that he would not return to Earth unless he had her there and he would remain in the realm of the dead forever. Hades' savage heart was softened by his singing and finally he relented and made a bargain that Orpheus could take Eurydice back but was not to look back at her on the way up to the Earth. Eurydice followed Orpheus up through the dark passage, guided by the sounds of his lyre. Upon reaching the surface, he turned too soon, for she was not yet in the sunlight, and so he lost her forever. This next little piece is from Shakespeare's play, Henry VIII, called Orpheus with his Lute. Orpheus with his Lute made trees and the mountain tops that freeze bow themselves when he did sing. To his music plants and flowers ever sprung, as sun and showers there had made a lasting spring. Everything that heard him play, even the billows of the sea, hung their heads and then lay by. In sweet music is such art 
killing care and grief of heart, fall asleep or hearing die. Snow-caked hedgerows I Bed down upon the drifting snow Sleep beneath the melting sky No whisper of your names I know not where you are But somewhere, somewhere, somewhere Here upon this wild bending star Network. 
And that was Nick Cave with Spell from his album, The Liar of Orpheus. And before that, Pauline Letts reading a piece from Shakespeare's play, Henry VIII, called Orpheus with his Lute. In this next poem by Muriel Rukeza, the poem as mask, Orpheus, she states that she had censored her feelings, writing him, God, myth, when she meant me, human, my life. Muriel Rukeza, who lived between 1913 and 1980, was an American poet and political activist, best known for her poems about equality, feminism, social justice and Judaism. The poem as mask. When I wrote of the women and their dances and wildness, it was a mask on their mountain, god hunting, singing, in orgy, it was a mask. When I wrote of the god fragmented, exiled from himself, his life, the love gone down with song, it was myself split open, unable to speak in exile from myself. There is no mountain, there is no god. There is memory of my torn life, myself split open in sleep, the rescued child beside me among the doctors, and a word of rescue from the great eyes. No more masks, no more mythologies. Now, for the first time, the god lifts his hand, the fragments join in me with their own music.
Bait, and we just heard Sleep Thief with Eurydice, and before that, Muriel Rukaiser reading her poem, Poem as Mask, Orpheus. Well, the end of the hour is approaching. I hope you've enjoyed this epic hour of poetry, and I will be back next week, same beat time, same bohemian frequency. And for more information, check out the website, thebohemianbeat.com. We will end with a track by Phosphorescent called Song for Zua. Thank you for joining me on the Bohemian Beat. I'm ready.
that it makes a fire All that I know love As a Cajun thing Just a killer come to call From some awful dream Oh, I know you folks You come to see You just stand there in the glass Looking at me But my heart is wild And my bones are steep And I could kill you with my bare hands If I'm 